0: Welcome to Sports Girls Podcast, brought to you by sportstalk.ie. Check out gemevents.ie, candy carts, chocolate fountains, selfie mirrors. we got all your party needs covered at gemevents.ie, healthandfitnessireland.net. We put you back in control of your health, fitness, nutritional and well-being needs through education, advice and motivation. Check out Health and healthandfitnessireland.net. Looking to dance the night away? Check out the lols.ie, the perfect sound for your next wedding, party or function. Great sound. Lists, lively and sure crowd leaders,
1: the Hello and welcome to this week's Sports Girls podcast. I'm Denise O'Flaherty. Joining me this evening is our football pundit and former Donegal footballer, Nadine Doherty. And we are delighted to have Elaine Buckley on as well. Elaine works for RTE and she established a very successful podcast called Fair Game. And she's worked as a contributor and a writer, among other things, and has a vested interest, a bit like ourselves, in gender parity in sport. So welcome aboard, ladies. Thanks, okay. thanks, Denise. Right, before we start, we've got a little bit of managerial news. We'll start first with uh, my just with Julie Dean. Um, Dublin Ladies manager Mick Bohan is staying with the All Ireland champions for the next two years, and then also we've got Eithne uh, Fitzgerald he is staying with the All-Ireland beaten finalist Cork. Well, it's for 2019, so I suppose it's wait and see what, what then happens for Evie. But, you know, Cork and Dublin happy with what they've done. Well, I suppose Dublin especially, Mick has brought two All-Ireland titles to them in the last two years.
2: Mm, yeah, and... Um... Yeah, I heard both. Uh heard Mick say to those at the start of the week and then he today, actually. Um, yeah, I mean, no surprise really with Mick, obviously. The only surprise, I suppose, is that it's only a two-year term. <laughs> um, I mean, if I was uh, on the Dublin County Board, you'd be signing him up for five, if you could. So um, I just wonder, I suppose, what the negotiating terms were, you know. Um, is it yeah. on his terms that it's only a two-year yeah. deal? Um or is it on the, the Dublin terms? I feel it probably on mix. Um I'd say he has a busy phone line um at the end of every year and throughout every year, um, from both men's and look women's at Ross Common who was linked to the Ross Common job. Yeah, you know, like he really has brought Dublin to another level but I thought we you know we've said mm. this before, but they've been knocking on the door for so long to hit that level and he really just has the now. wheels or in motion. So yeah, very positive for Dublin, um, I'd say plenty of other managers and players around the country um, aren't as happy. And I suppose with E. C. yeah, again surprised I suppose at one year. Um I saw I just thought for Easy this year fair play to him, you know, he came into that Cork team a couple of years ago, uh, big personalities, um, successful players, um, a massive culture of success um within that team. And you no, know, you know, you can really say it was seamless because, you know, there was you know, Cork obviously haven't Won all, ireland, won, won all ireland in three years but still what he's done to keep yeah. things going has been pretty amazing so again just surprised just surprised they're short-term deals really but possibly it's down to the lads themselves um but it's great for for ladies football for sure
1: yeah and Elaine um camogie too for manager Anne Downey is staying on and i suppose for Anne the big thing is stopping cork doing
3: a three in a row next year I was actually delighted to see that news that Anne Daly is staying on because, um, you know, obviously she led them to, to that title um, a couple of years ago for his first person in a long time for Kilkenny. But to lose the last two finals by a, by a single point,
2: yeah.
3: um, 2017 in particular was was uh, must have been just particularly heartbreaking for that Kilkenny team and for Anne. And um, so it's, I just don't like the the disposable nature of of management sometimes, like we see it in soccer all the mm. time. But for someone of Anne's stature to stay on and go again, I just think it's really, really important for that cook
2: any team and ultimately it's really good for the game. Another person who has gone into men's management, I just read there yesterday, Fiona McHale. Um, she's on board with the Kermars Morris club team. Um, so a manager was announced and she's part of the management team. So very positive for Fiona um, and obviously it dispels any chance that she would... Um, I suppose we would have thought that maybe she would have gone back to male football this year, so that I suppose you know cuts that out. But just it should be interesting, just for a woman to get into yeah. a, a men's management setup is really, really really interesting yeah because in a few forward. weeks
1: in a few weeks we're going to have um, a discussion on management um we're hoping to have the longford ladies manager and Sheridan in and then diane O'Hora, diane manage longford herself longford ladies yeah and about yeah. having men and women and how come you know men you know th- how to go into the ladies game and different things and how to find the differences so um you know it's it's a big job for fiona but you know we're the type of women that keep on saying you know you know, don't look at her as a woman, just look at her as, you know, doing a her coach, job. Yeah, yeah doing yeah. her job on that. So as you yeah. said, though, that's the thing now, maybe it dispels any hope that people had on her yeah. returning for you. It,
2: it was probably unlikely anyway, but mm. that, I suppose, you know, um, dispels it
1: all now, so. Uh, sad to see. Right, so we're going to get cracking, ladies. All-stars are taking place on Saturday night, um, in the City West Hotel and we're going to go through each position ladies and you just give your predictions then on who you think who's going to get the nod no pressure at all on you well, we're going to start with the goalkeeper we have Kieran from Dublin Martina O'Brien from Cork and Noel Gormley from Sligo so seeing that Elaine is our guest no pressure Elaine we'll get you to start the ball rolling who do you think will get the nod for between the posts
3: this one is incredibly tight to call and I suppose it comes down to who you think should get it versus mm. who you think will get, get it. it. Um there's actually very little between them, like overall the entire championship. Um, Martina O'Brien actually has, has the edge. She she conceded eight fifty four, while Kira Trant conceded eight fifty eight. Um and and you know, Martina had conceded considerably less in the build up to the final. Obviously those three goals hurt her record considerably. And um, in the final itself, you know, Kira edged it in terms yeah. of kickouts, but I think that was more down to Dublin's overall kind of oh, how they well approach kickouts yeah. out, kick tactically. Um, but I actually think that Martina
2: is going to win it on the night. Uh, well, I'm going to go for Kira Trant. Um, and I, I suppose I, I just feel Lane I suppose has gone through stats and all the rest, but I just feel Kira's kickouts are technically very, very good. You can have all the organisation in front of you and all the plays, but if your keeper isn't hitting the ball in the right spot all the time consistently, then you can have defenders and the field running around the place for no reason. For that reason, I'm going to go with Kira and I think she's going to get it. Um, I just think she had a fault this year, and she's going to go two in a row from uh, 2017.
1: You know, I've played in goals, so I noticed like, sorry, I was stuck in goals. You know, it's it's a lonely position, but it is such an important position. And the one thing about it is for a full back line, you have to know that if you make a mistake, you have to have someone steady on the back line. Um, And it's great to see Noel Gormy there from um, Sligo. I, you know, I kind of leaning towards maybe. I know you said about uh, Kira with her kickouts, but I don't know. I'm kind of leaning towards maybe Elaine because I thought Martine and I've seen a lot of the heart games this year. Very steady keeper, but I suppose when you look around, maybe with the All Ireland and the fact that you know Kira's kickouts All Ireland and then conceding less and all, that that might go her way. So right corner back we have Trish Doherty from Donegal. From Dublin we have Martha Byrne and from Cork there's Eimear Meany. So we'll ask you Nadine.
2: Um, I think Eimear Mini's going to get it and she would be my pick as well. Um, I think just in terms of a corner back, you know, in terms of your role and being a tight corner back, I think she just perfected it this year and I thought the Cork full back line all year it was phenomenal. I really did. Um, I know in the final they were under pressure for so much of the match. And they did so well to hold out as well as they did. And um, I know they lost the game. But but still, I thought she was really a fulcrum of that full-back line. Um, I think Tress was probably lucky to get a nomination there. You know, Donegal conceded nine goals in the championship. Um, that's a lot for your full-back line to mm. concede. And Marta had a fantastic year, absolutely. But I just think Imermini, in terms of the role of a cornerback, I just think she was fantastic. So for that reason, I think she will get it and she'll be my pick.
3: Yourself, Lid. I'm gonna go with Martha Byrne for that one, and um,
2: I I love, think Martha I'm had, loving
3: the
1: way we're gonna have complete <laughs> differences, which is great.
3: <laughs> I think Martha had an absolutely terrific season. She is so so consistent a cornerback from Dublin for Dublin, not only in the, mar- the marking job that she can do on marquee players, but she's actually quite a pivotal cog in kind of building attack from turnovers as well. Like Dublin are so good at turning over the ball, and when Martha gets the ball on the break on that wing, she's very hard to stop. And like even in, in, in big games, if you look back to say Dublin's league final, the opening play of the game, it was the ball was turned over, wound up with Martha, she darted down the wing and Mayo just had to foul her to stop her. And that was the, first, like you can see the free against Dublin, Sinead Ahern's going to slot it over. That was their first score in the league yep. final. So she brings an attacking quality to the role as well, which I really like about her, but she, it's never at the expense of her main job which she also does really well
1: right full back we have no Dublin player we have Roisin Phelan from Cork Nicole McLaughlin from Your County Nadine and Ashleen Desmond from Kerry so Ashleen Desmond from Kerry um, Elaine
3: um, Roisin Phelan for me hands down um, terrific season and you know we talked about Efi earlier and kind of coming yeah. into this team and transition you know Roisin is a player who has Probably for All Ireland, and she's now kind of assumed the role of marshalling that court defence. You know, it's their big boots to fill, you know, like, you know, taking over from the yeah. likes of Angela Walsh, Breedstack Stack, after, um, and I think she had a terrific season. The court fullback line this season were brilliant, but um, Rochine for me was the standout player of it, so I I, I really hope she takes the fullback position.
1: Yourself, Nadine?
2: Yeah, I, I can't disagree with any of that. That was a really probably the easiest one to pick yeah. for me. Um, I think she nailed it hands down and I think it's fully deserved. She was outstanding, I just felt, for the whole year. And, you know, the only game that she came out second best was against the Dublin full forward line. And even at that, she was still driving things on while still doing her job at the back and doing her best. I just think she's a phenomenal player. Um, And for me, yeah, hands down, Roshi.
1: So left corner back, Sinead Burke from Galway. We have Dublin's Leah Caffrey And then Melissa Duggan from Cork.
2: Nadine? Uh, I'm going with my own club compatriot here, Leah Caffrey and for me this is a hands down. I don't know if Leah will get it um, but I just think that she's the best player marker in the country um, I'm just waiting for when she gets the nod for a player of the year nomination. I just can't believe it hasn't happened yet. And no more than Martha, what Leah brings in that full back line, what she gives going forward on the ball and her pace, um, it's incredible. Um, I really, really hope Leah gets it. Um, and I hope she does it back to back like like Kieran goes.
1: What about yourself, Elaine?
3: Um, I'm very... This is probably the one I'm I'm most torn about. Um, I think Leah Caffrey, I agree with everything Nadine says about Leah Caffrey. She is a terrific player. But I think she's the kind of player who is almost a victim of her own consistency. That yeah. people, that people don't see her as a standout player because she does the job, Just the job so yeah. well. Also, like I suppose there's been a good bit of position hopping when it comes to Leah. You know, She won the All-Star last year for left half-back. So... I think she, people don't really see her as pigeonholed into, into one position that she kind of marshals. She's, she's so versatile. Um, I think that could possibly go against her sometimes, When it, again, when it comes to being singled out for individual praise. That one is very tight to call. Um, I think Melissa's going to win it, and it is simply down to um, kind of overall numbers of the team as I've looked through it, as I think it will go. But again, Melissa Duggan, not to take away from her at all. She had a superb season in that court full back line. A really, really exciting player to watch. Like, she played her first All Ireland final this year. The sky's the limit for her, and she's just such a good defender, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing her play in the future.
2: Right. I, I think, sorry, I think Sinead Burke does deserve a mention here as well um Sinead's on the road a long time she's playing her club football up here with Bally Bowden in Dublin and she definitely deserved that nomination i think she's in a very very competitive um corner back line and any other given year i think Sinead could have been in with the challenge so i do think she's worth a mention in terms of a well-deserved nomination
1: right we're going to go to the half back line and right half back we have Sinead Goldrick Dublin we have Moira O'Callaghan from Cork and then Rachel Kearns
3: from Mayo. So, Elaine? Um, yeah, I, I, to be honest, I think Rachel Kearns deserves a mention as mm. the sole Mayo nominee, which um, I have it's a bit amazing, of a problem with that, that she was the only one. But, like, Rachel, she she had that kind of terrific block in the Connacht kind of final, but I think her performance in that match against Cavan, just, you know, the week of the walkout, um, from the very first ball that got thrown into that game, she she put her mark on it, and she was like a woman possessed in that match. I know Maneo's Championship didn't pan out um, the way we would have expected this year, but she uh, she did have a big impact in that game, which was very important for those players to win. But for me, I just cannot look past Sinead Goldrick for this one. Um, she missed out last year due to reasons, uh, I suppose, outside the inter game, but um, she is... Just one of the most consistently brilliant players in the country. How she can control a game. First of all, how she defends. Her turnovers. That way she can just so cleanly get the ball off someone and next of all, she's gone. She's building the next attack. She, think about the last couple of minutes of the All-Ireland Final where she darted upfield and scored that terrific point from play. Um, She's a rock of consistency in that Dublin defence and I don't care how many All-Stars she has at this point, she deserves another one this year.
2: Nadine, do you agree with Elaine? Oh, 100%. I think Sinead's one of those players every year before a ball's even kicked. and um, She'd be on my all-star list. Um, just outstanding. Year in, year out. Um, I think she epitomises everything Dublin stands for in terms of commitment and drive. And you can just see by the way she plays, the high standards she sets on the pitch. Like There's other players in the country who are very high standards. And they get their high standards across, I suppose, in in another way, in that they might shout at players or they might try and drive players on in that way. Sinead just does it with pure football. And I think one thing that Mick Bowen has brought to her game is her kicking game has improved a lot. And if there was any, ever any criticism anybody could have had of Sinead, was her kicking. But he has just brought that to a different level. So I just think she's a complete player, um, and she, it's like she's turning back the time. You know, <laughs> she has years left in her, um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing her now in her last game this year for Fox Cab, um, and in on, All Ireland Final. On that, on Fox Cab, like you know, to,
3: to, to think she, you know, she won her All Ireland with Dublin in, in September. And um, the goal she scored at the end of the All Ireland semi-final last weekend was just one. I I have lost out of how many times I watched it. Yeah. The game in the balance, she wins it in her own half. She darts forward, plays the ball off and one, two, twice. She, she sets she, it up, yeah. Just sets it up, puts it on a yeah. plate. To have yeah. that experience and that drive to be able to just grab a game, that's that's. Literally about to go from from their grasp and to get the win. I, I think she's just phenomenal. Yeah, Are I you think her... girl
1: Sorry that she's not in for Player
2: of the Year. Um, looking at the list, the only person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose you know you would be because she is so yeah. good consistently all the time. For club and party. Yeah, I mean, but it comes back. I suppose Player of the Year, and it's an issue. I know Elaine will probably talk about, and I'll let her talk further. I think defenders are overlooked far too often um, yeah. for Player of the Year, and I think Elaine would agree there for sure. You know,
3: yeah. I um, like this year's this year's Player of the Year nominees for for senior players. They're all forwards.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um,
3: whereas for me, the most interesting, partic- particularly in Dublin and Cork, and Galway actually to, to the extent, their their defensive operations have been some of the most interesting things to watch this year. Um, So, I just love to see a bit more of a spotlight put on defensive Mm. players for the job that they do. Um, I don't think it's done enough. Often, you know, player of the match awards, they go to whoever scored the goal. Um, And that's that's Mm -hmm. not always the right call. So, just, you know, for players like Sinead Goldrick, um, I just love to see a bit more focus on the defensive side of the game
2: rather than who rattles in it the most. Yeah, Yeah. and it's funny that. That's what coaches focus on. You know, you go in to coach a team or you take a team, the first thing you fix, if it needs fixing, is the defence. You know, and then as, as spectators and media and fans, we tend to focus on the forward. So, yeah, you'd like to see it change a little
1: bit. Right, we're going to move on. Right, we've centre half back. Uh, Duddy Galls, Ciara Hegarty, Nicola Ward from Galway, and then Siobhan McGrath, Dublin.
2: Nadine? Um, I personally would pick Siobhan McGrath um and i think she might get the nod um, not only because she was fantastic this year but possibly a bit of nostalgia you know might come into it whoever was picking it you know she slotted in this year gave dublin a platform that they kind of have been missing you know for a while like goldie was filling in at six there and well, Healy was in at six for his bell last year you know, I don't think Bowen was that secure last year in playing that position or who he was going to play there. And it was great to see Siobhan get another crack in that blue jersey because, you know, that was taken from her, possibly controversially, back in, I think it was 2012. And she may have felt that, you know, she wasn't going to put the jersey on again. So she came back this year um, and was fantastic. And I, I really hope she gets it and I think she will tip it. I think it
1: was a case of unfinished business for her. and Oh, yeah, yeah,
2: sure. yeah, to push yeah. her on.
3: Um, Elaine, your prediction? Can't argue with Siobhan McGrath there, but I do think her uh, comrades on either side of her are, are going to push her out of, out of the running. And to be honest, I think Nicola Ward would be um, a very deserving winner of the All-Star for center halfback. Um, I, again, much like very surprised that we only had three nominations. Yeah. Um, they were the only team to beat the Dubs this year in yeah. the league. They had they had a great run to championship. They won another Connacht title.
1: Very unlucky in the league semi final.
3: Very unlucky, yeah. very very unlucky in that game. Only for Nicole O'Hearn yeah. came off the bench and scored the best goal of her career. Like literally, that they led for that entire yeah. game after an early goal for the Cohen. so I I think Nicola Ward is a really really exciting player to watch. And um, I just feel that like, oh, Galway deserve to be in there defensively, and I think she's she's she'd be fully deserving of of taking that award on the night.
1: Right, we'll move to left half back Neve Collins from Dublin. Then we have Corks Emma Spillan and Donegal's Diarra Foley. Elaine,
3: uh, Neve Collins, 100% for me, the most underrated player in the country. Um, and to be honest, I probably would have had her shortlisted for player of the year this year for the the shift she put in with Dublin. Um, She was nominated for an All-Star last year, and she didn't get it. This year, if she doesn't get it, I actually don't know what more the woman has to do. Um, If you take her final performance in isolation, she was tasked with, with marking Orla Finn. In the first half, Orla Finn didn't score from play. In the second half, when, when Cork sprung Saoirse Noonan from the bench at half time, Collins picked her up, and Saoirse Noonan didn't touch the ball for the first 10 minutes that she was on the pitch. Now, add into that the save on the goal line that she had from Emer Scalley, a certain goal.
2: That, yeah. was, at, that yeah. was at
3: 20 minutes to go with Dublin holding a two point lead. And if you actually watch back the clip, it, it was no fluke. Like, Kira and Kira Trant and um, Siobhan McGrath. Both charged to want Scally to try to shut her down. Scally did tremendously well to get the shot off. But Collins split herself between the line and between her player, between Saoirse and Newman. So she had the switch covered in front of the goal line, and she had the goal line covered as well. She read it. Her reflexes were just so spot on, and puts the ball wide. And then she just jogs off out to, to defend the, the 45 as if she has not done anything spectacular. And that's the kind of player that New Collins is, much like Leah Caffrey. I think she is a victim of her own consistency because she rarely has a bad game. And that can sometimes go against you when it comes to being singled out for, for individual praise. But um I will be I'll actually be pure kick if she doesn't get that all started <laughs> here. <laughs> Louise
1: in that.
2: Yeah. Uh, Nadine um,
1: yourself?
2: Oh yeah, Neve as well, for definite. Um, you know, I think Neve and possibly Leah and a few of those Dublin backs Possibly the victim of also playing alongside Sinead Goldrick for so long, and um, Sinead has been so phenomenal, and we spoke about her earlier, but I think at times with commentators, you know, other backs on that Dublin backline are overshadowed by Sinead's brilliance, but you know, Neve, I think we'd all remember that picture of and um, the last All-Ireland they lost, and she was so, so visibly upset um, after the match. And I wish that somebody had a captured uh, picture or a video of Neve in the last two All-Irelands that they won, just to put that to rest, because she has just been incredible. Um, as Elaine mentioned, you know, the black on the full back line. But there's so much more to Neve's game that people are unaware of. Um, I personally have been put to the sword by her on many an occasion. And it's what Neve does off the ball. She is so tuned in to every movement that her marker is making she's so tuned in to how they play and um, I'm sure she does a lot of work beforehand on how that player plays and for all of those reasons she's definitely in the top five defenders in the country at the minute and I think she will be for a long time and I really hope that I really hope it is a, a Dublin half-back line um, the night of the All-Stars because I think it's very well deserved. She's
3: woman? had to she's She's had to work for it as well, though, Niamh. Like, you know, she was on the bench in 2014 and she came on as a sub very late on in 2015 and then she played the full match in 2016, the, the last final that they lost. But even this year, you know, she started on the bench for Dublin's first championship match. There is a lot of competition there and I think that kind of jeopardy just drives her on to the
2: next level. Yeah, she's she's um, really grown as a player as well, I think, in the last number of years, for sure. Um, she's matured as a footballer. Um, to fit into that Dublin team.
1: Right, we're so. going to move to midfield, and you can pick two. Um, Laura McGee from Dublin. We have Neave Woods from Tyrone, Ashleen Hutchins from Cork, Alwyn Carey Dublin, Armas Caroline O'Hanlon and Donegal's Katie Hearn. So Nadine.
2: Um, I my two personal picks would be Owen Carey from Dublin and Katie Hearn from Donegal. Um, Katie, for me, has had her best year to date for Donegal. She's been around a long time and she was just brilliant this year. She led the charge from the beginning of the season and she just got better as the year pre- progressed. Um, she chipped in with scores. She controlled her discipline this year, which was massive. Um, she was getting up and down the pitch. And then Owen, for me, I just think she's one of the unsung heroes of that Dublin team. And um, she gives freedom to other players oh. to get forwards. We spoke about Martha, we spoke about um Goldie going forward, Neve, all of those players. Um, and all of them just slots in there. She just runs the show for me and what I love about her, she never puts a foot wrong. She just does the simple things absolutely brilliantly. And I said it a couple of years ago when, when Mick moved her to midfield, um, or it could have been Gregory initially, actually, but her move to midfield for me filled that hole that had been left by Denise Masterson and had never been replaced by Dublin. And until Owen moved from the full-back line to there, they were always wanting. They'd be my picks. Um, however, I think that Lauren McGee will get it. um, And again, Lauren, fantastic. I wouldn't argue with it, to be honest. um consistent, she brings such aggression, she brings such drive, she's a real fulcrum of that team. And I think the second position will go to Neve Woods of Tyrone. Um I am one of these people who have a bit of an issue with intermediate um nominations. I just think it's a different type of football, it's a different standard of football. Neve's a fantastic player. After, yep. Yeah, we'll talk about it. And I think just being captain of the All Ireland intermediate winning team, getting player of the match in the final, putting in big performances this year, I think Neve will get the nod. So I think it'll be Lauren and Neve, but they wouldn't be my first picks.
3: Alain? Yeah, I think Neave is a shoe in for that one. Um again we'll we'll have that chat later on about, you know, the need for for different All Star teams, but I, I think Neve is going to take one of the midfield positions definitely, and she had a terrific season um, with Tyrone. And the other one I would go for Lauren McGee. Um, she's just to watch Lauren McGee play football. It's like watching a hunter. Like the, she's, she brings such a level of intensity when she's when she's trying to win the ball, when she turns it over in the air. She's just spectacular to watch and. You know, when it comes to, I suppose, selecting all-stars, people think of the big games and the big game performances. You watch Lauren McGee in the opening 60 seconds of the All-Ireland Final, and she just put her own stamp and Dublin stamp on the game from the get-go. She's, she was absolutely brilliant all-season for them, and I'd love to see her take the All-Star this year.
1: Right, we're going to move on then to the half-forward line, right half-forward. We have Cork's Ciara O'Sullivan, Karen Guthrie from Donegal and Carla Rowe from Dublin. So, Elaine? Um,
3: well, I'm presuming that all, all the uh, all the senior players, player nom- uh, of the year nominees are going to be named in the All-Star team. Um, and, of course, Ciara O'Sullivan will take the right half-forward position and well-deserved... Ciara was like a woman possessed in the early stages of the championship this year. She was just phenomenal from that, the, the, from the Munster final and driving on and um, the scores she was putting up, the, the shifts that she was putting in for Cork. And um, I think she's, she's a shoe in there's no contest for that right half forward.
2: Yourself Nadine? Yeah, I agree with Elaine and um, Tara, you know, she's Cork's engine and she has been for the last number of years. And, um, I felt she fought a bit of a lone fight against Dublin at times in the final, but she kept going and she kept going. And, you know, she's just always a big player and she has been all year for Cork, especially when they needed her. You know, what I like about Kara Sullivan, you get the same Kara Sullivan if you're up by three points or if you're down by five points. And she's just always consistent and I think she'll get the nod there for sure.
1: Right, we're going to move on. Centre half forward and we have Galway's Tracy Leonard, Noelle Healy from Dublin. And Cavan's Ashley McGuire, Nadine.
2: Um, my own choice would be Noel. Um, for me, that half forward, the centre half forward line. Um, I don't know. It didn't really excite me when I saw the nominations. Yeah. Um, Ashley, fantastic player. You know, absolutely brilliant player. But I think she'd agree herself. You know, she probably didn't have the best year by her own standards. Yeah. Um, she had a lot of injuries. Cavan were in a relegation fight, so like you know and then there's an all star nomination so I didn't really understand that one Tracy Leonard for Galway yeah you know Tracy she's a very very good player she's always consistent with her frees but for me in the latter stages of the championship and you know big big games she's never really let it up and um, Noel obviously I thought she probably didn't hit the heights of last year and um, she hit such high heights last year you know but I uh, I still think she probably gets the nod possibly herself or Tracy Leonard I'm not really sure who'd get it. I'd probably tip towards Noelle, but um I wouldn't be surprised if Tracy got it.
3: Elaine. Um yeah, tough one to call, I think, between Noelle Healy and Tracy Leonard. Um I think I think Noelle just set the bar so high for herself based on last year. Um but she she, she did have come the business end of the championship, she, she was she was another rock in that Dublin team. Um but I think Tracy will get it on the night. Um and can't really argue with it. Again, it, it was it, first of all it was great to see her coming back from injury and coming back into that Galway team. And like I, I mentioned earlier, like Galway, Galway kind of had very, very showed very, very early promise in kind of the earlier stages of of championship. Certainly in the league and in the early stages of the championship. And Tracy was a big part of that. And um, she's up there with Orla Finn and Sinead Ahern in terms of her consistency from the place kicks because um, she's you know, she she racks up big scores as well, so I think she'll take the centre half forward position for this year.
1: Right, we are going to move on then to left half forward and we have Lindsay Davy from Dublin up for Player of the Year. Corks, Emmer Scally and Ashley Maloney from Tipperary. So Elaine
3: Um has to be Lindsay Davy, um really and obviously she's she's nominated for Player of the Year but the season that, that Lindsay put in this year, um, it was almost like winning the All-Ireland last year for, for the more senior players of that team. Um, instead of kind of them in any way resting on their laurels, they realised that there's a whole panel full of young players who are chomping at the bit to get into that team. And you had players like Lindsey Davey and Niamh McAvoy who just upped their game so much. Um, Lindsay was phenomenal for Dublin this season, and in particular... Again, come the big game, in the final, she was instrumental in Dublin's win. I'd, it would have been a toss-up between herself and, and Niamh Collins for player the match for me mm. in that final. So um, I think she'll definitely take the left half forward. However, it's great. I'm delighted to see Eimear Scully nominated. Um, I think kind of in terms of Cork 2.0, she's a very, very important player for them, and she's only going to get better. And also, Ashley Manoli, um one of my favourite players to watch in action it's mm-hmm. a real shame she's not going to be playing um, and football yeah. next year but um, so yeah it's, it's three really good performances in the left half forward position nominated but I think Lindsay Dave is going to take it for sure
1: right this is where the tough part is we have Rice right corner forwards, we have... Oh, sorry, I never asked you, Nadine, for your... Oh, no, you're grand.
2: I'm I'm not going to say anything too different from Elaine. Um, I think Lindsay, hands down. Um, I'm always like a broken record after every All-Ireland Final Dublin play. Um, Lindsay Davey is always a, ba- a woman for the big day. She's just unbelievable. And I think her performance in this year's final especially should be shown to every young player. For me, she's the best tackler in the game, and um, I think she even edges Goldie out because Lindsay doesn't even need physicality; she's just incredible. And the ground she covered this year, from those two between those two forty-five, she was just her, her final performance, especially stood out for me. But every single game with Lindsay, she's just brilliant, and I do feel she's getting better and better. Um, and just to compliment what Elaine said about Ashley Maloney, an absolutely class footballer. I just think she oozes class. She's just beautiful to watch. She's just your classic half-forward, you know, kind of your old school. And, you know, the way the game has gone, I suppose there's a lot of running in the game now and running with the ball. But Ashley's the kind of girl who can pick a pass out from anywhere. Um, I watched a few of her college games this year. Just pick and passes out from thirty, forty yards, and her ability to take a score on the run is is cracking. And again, as Elaine said, very disappointing that she's not going to be playing senior football next year. It's just, I just don't understand relegation. I, oh. I just have a massive problem with it, and that's for another day as well. Yeah,
1: but, don't start me on. that. You know, I thought it was just, you know, they're going to be playing Division One football next year, but like, intermediate it's football. ridiculous. Yeah.
2: No more than had Cavan yeah, been relegated, like. Uh, both of them needed a year yeah both of them needed a year or so so we'll move on
1: to the full forward line and right corner forward we have Geraldine McLaughlin from Donegal Sinead Ahern who just keeps going and going from (laughs) Dublin and Anya O'Sullivan
2: from Cork so Nadine Um, I think Sinead, obviously, is going to get it hands down. Um, I think she's also going to win Player of the Year. And if she doesn't, something is very, very, very wrong. Um, I would like to mention Geraldine, um, my own county woman. Um, I think Geraldine had a fantastic year this year. Um, Even just seeing Geraldine, her conditioning this year went to another level. And when Donegal were struggling, which they did in those group matches, Geraldine just seemed to be able to pick points out of anywhere. I know she'd be disappointed herself this year, possibly with her goal count. Um, but she just added different dimensions to her game and definitely deserves that nomination. But she's just unfortunate that she's in there with the best player in the country um, in 2018. Um, yeah, actually, this is this was another very
3: tough one it to call. Um, I'd, I'd really like to give a an mention. Anya Sullivan was a course player of the match for me in the final. I thought she was terrific, and she she kind of she, would, she was one of the few who didn't try to run the ball through that Dublin defence. She took her her shots from distance and it paid off. Um, Geraldine Reid, I would I would reiterate everything that Dean said. She's she's one of the most lethal sharpshooters in the country. But Sinead Hearn is the best player playing football in the country this year for me. Um, mm. She is just such... She, she, do you know what? Sinead Hearn just epitomises everything that I love about football and I can't give her higher praise than you that. You can
1: run out of superlatives, can't you? Just trying mm.
3: to you, kind, Hearn, yeah. you kind of can, but she, she's been... She's so clinical. She's so uncynical. But above yeah. all else, she is so consistent. Like, if you think about the 2017 All-Ireland final. She didn't miss a free that day in Quote Park. Not one. Look at the league final this year. You know, she, is, playing, is has been playing football for Dublin since 2003. 15 seasons, she took one year out, and she won her first league title this year. She scored 1-9, and she got player of the match. And then the final this year, like, she, the, the, the performance that she put in, again, she is just the rock of that Dublin team. She is... A, a brilliant example of a footballer and um, I genuinely really, really hope she wins Player of the Year this year because she really deserves it.
1: Right, we're going to move on full forward. We have Duran O'Sullivan from Cork, from Donegal, Yvonne Bonner and then we have Dublin's Niamh mcavoy so, um, well, this is
3: the, the competition in the forward, the forward line is just is, unreal, isn't, isn't it? it? Fierce. Um, Niamh McAvoy much like Lindsay Davey was another player who just seemed like a player transformed this year. And she had a very good season with Dublin last year. But again, I think winning, winning that all Ireland, getting rid of all that hurt. I think the shackles just completely came off. Need McAvoy this year as well. Um, and she put in a terrific performance. I'd love to see her win the all-star, but I don't think she will just purely based on overall numbers. Mm. Like Dublin can't win the ball. Um Darren is you know, she's she's probably the best long range shooter in the country. Um some days some days it comes off, others others it doesn't, but she she is an absolutely unique up forward and uh Yvonne Bonner as well. I actually think Yvonne is gonna win it on the night. But um if I was picking I'd go with Lee McLoy.
2: Nadine? Um, yeah, I think Yvonne is gonna take it. Um and to be honest, a, a very difficult line again. And Elaine has mentioned Erin and her quality. Um, I felt at times she got very frustrated in the final though, and that would probably go against her, 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 her all Ireland final performance. And um, Niamh, fantastic, consistent, be very close. I think Yvonne will get it. And I, I pick Yvonne as well, because I just felt that Yvonne changed her, herself this year in terms of football to better Donegal. And um, she almost played a Michael Murphy role at times. And, um, uh, just I suppose to explain when people haven't seen all the matches, you know, she played much deeper and um, she was the only golf player of the year this year. I just read that the other day. So, um, her, you know, her, her fellow team members obviously value her so much. Um, and Yvonne is just a class act. And um, for me, Yvonne, I know Elaine said about Sinead being the best footballer in the country this year. And yes, she probably was. But in terms of the all-round best footballer that I have seen in the last 10 years, um, in terms of raw talent and ability and performance, Yvonne um, definitely is that person. And I think for that, she'll get the, the nod. And I really hope she does. She's heading off to Australia now. So hopefully right. we'll have another trophy.
1: We're going to head then to the final position. We have left corner forwards. So Cork's Orlafin, We have Nicole Owens from Dublin. And you can say from Kerry Sonadine.
2: Um, I'm going to go with Orla Finn on this one, um, for me it was a very tough call between yeah. herself and Nicole, um, Nicole obviously had a fantastic year, um, but probably again didn't hit the height of last year, um, I just think Orla was so consistent all year with her freeze, um, and again, you know, like Roisin Phelan and the O'Sullivans, she was really a backbone of that court team all year, Um, And just watching her performances all year consistently, I thought she was brilliant. Very quiet in the final, but she still knocked over those frees to keep Cork in the game um, throughout. Um, For me, Sarah Houlihan getting a nomination, I was very surprised. Um, There's a chance she could actually get it, to be honest, um, as Elaine would say, with numbers. Um, But my pick would be Orla, and I think Sarah Houlihan might get it. Um, And in terms of nominations there, you know, Probably surprised one of the Kellys didn't get a nod in there. Um I felt they that both of them were incredible all year and you know, when the chips were down for Mayo and yeah. um, they kept things on the road. So just surprised they weren't in there. Um yeah. Elaine, yourself? Um I, this one is this one is very practical.
3: Um you know, it's 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 Nicole Pl this year and last year has really come into her own in that Dublin shirt. And um, two terrific points from play in the All-Ireland final. Really, really, two crackers. Orla Finn. You know, where would this court team be without her? Um, She's such a rocket consistency from the place kicks. She's she's phenomenal to watch. She is one of the absolute masters of the craft. Like this is the kind of one that could literally come down to the fact that well, Nicole won one last year, so Orla yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, possibly.
3: Yeah. And I'm I'm not. I, I, I. I'm not necessarily saying I, I agree with it, but I personally can't really separate them because they bring two such different um, styles of play to the table. But um, yeah, top up between Orla and Nicole for me.
1: Elaine Nadine mentioned the two Kellys from Mayo. Is there anyone else? Because we looked through the quality um, of that team. You know, when you mentioned like. Sarah Hoolan, even though, you know, she's a very good player in that, um, you know, getting her name in there and maybe Ashley Maguire as well from C- Cavan. Is there one or two players that you feel they should have been, you know, nominated? Well,
3: I mean, if Grace Kelly didn't get nominated for an All-Star for the season she put in last year, then I don't know if she will ever get nominated because that was that was actually a disgrace that she didn't get nominated last year. And um, For the season, she was like the breakout star of that Mayo team, getting to their first All-Ireland final in 10 years, and she scored the goal of the season in the quarter-final against Donegal in Cusack Park, and she was shooting the light, lights out from freeze. So I don't know what more she could have done last year to get nominated for an All-Star, and you know, 45 players get nominated, and how she wasn't amongst the 45, let alone in the in the team. Um, and that, that was selected on the night. That was absolutely baffling to me. And I don't know how anyone who, who was watching football last year could exclude her. And um, it's, I, I think, uh, another one of the Mayo forwards was, was kind of hard done by to not be, um, nominated in the half forward line. And that's Fiona Doherty. And um, Fiona, who played wing back last year for Mayo, Peter Lee yeah. he made the switch with her and put her up to the half forward line. And she was a revelation for mm-hmm. Mayo in those, in the league and in those, those, those kind of the, the, um, the, the latter stages of the league. Just how a simple positional switch can literally transform a player. Um, I thought she would have been deserving of, of a nod in the half forward line as well. But yeah, I suppose it comes down to what matches were, were people watching. Not a lot of them. Sorry. <laughs> well, it, it, it stems back to if you look at the Division 1 team of the league, and I know there's a different selection criteria for that, but. Absent from that team were Anya McDonagh, one of the most exciting players to emerge from this year. She's also not nominated for an All Star. Sinead Cassidy, who was the talk of the league for Mayo, not she in the league team of the she league. She
1: really impressed me against Cork. Now, that was the only game I was asked like live for Mayo this. Actually, apart from the final, um, for Mayo this year. But um, she was just immense
2: that day.
3: Yeah. So it's it's I I don't know. People are always going to miss out. But I think um, you know that that example of Grace Kelly last year—it's just sometimes the omissions are, are so glaring that you just have to wonder how it slipped through.
2: Yeah, that's that's what I wanted to ask you, Elaine. Like, you know, I'd like to know how the All Stars are picked. Like, you know, you'd ask the questions. So you have your committee, but like, who is it representative of? Representative of, you know? You think is it a bunch of people possibly fighting the corner of their own county or their own province province? Is there a criteria? You know, is there do you have to be playing for your county for X amount of time? Is it being the best player on your own team or is it winning trophies? Is it the league? Is it the championship? Like I feel it's very blurred and for that reason I think year after year there's ourselves and people talking about people who are excluded and people who are included. So, you know, what do you think like how is it picks? I actually don't know.
3: Um I actually don't know the process. I know the process for the, the men's of yeah. yeah. and yeah. I
2: know
3: I know the process for the team as a league which is whereby it doesn't the, the manager nominate the player. That,
2: yeah. yeah And, and the yeah and with that like because I've been on management teams you're basically asked straight after the game and um, give us a name from the other team and i put my hand up like more often than not you're kind of just going, oh, you'll just pick the, t- the name you know. Yeah. You know, because straight after, you'd know as well as you the know, straight after a game, you may have lost the game yeah. heavily or you may have won by loads and you're like, yeah, no this is the last like thing I need. And you just throw out, you know, a Sinead Goldrick or a Sinead Ahern. You know, not, not saying that they're not always deserving of it. Nine times out of ten, they usually are. But, you know, it's, again, it's a tricky way, but I feel it's probably fairer because the people who are picking have been at the match. So I'd ask the question like how many matches have this committee seen every year? You know, that's what does it go on? That's really to
3: get a, to get a good picture of the season, like I don't personally I think you learn a lot from going to the league openers and like seeing where teams are at coming back into the new year, what new players have been given a chance, who's being blooded through the panel. Um, because otherwise how, how to, to see a team in September you kind of have to have seen them in January or February or in February to kind of see the yeah.
2: the evolution so, of the do, team. Do you feel it should be league and championship then? Um,
3: like they're obviously separated at the moment, but like at uh, the system that. But is then you wonder,
2: are they? You would the wonder, si- are the,
3: they? The system that's used for um for say team of the league. I'd say the, the 15, the, and, and what's really good about it is that you get four teams. You get 15 for each yeah. division, which I think is brilliant. But taking the Division 1 team in isolation, um, like I already mentioned, Sinead Packerky, uh, what league were people watching if she's not in the team? Yeah. yeah. Um. So I think there's, there is flaws in that system as well. Um, but yeah, I I, I don't know. It, it would be great to kind of because at the end of the day, with the all stars, there's a pretty big prize on offer. You know, you're going off That's on the a leap. Yeah, on now, dream now trip
1: especially somewhere. with the la- yeah with the ladies yeah. how it's evolved. And another thing we keep on bringing up time and time again is, you know, the intermediate and junior. Now we see in Woods, and a fantastic footballer, but it's very hard for a junior player. And you know, players there, and you're thinking. Fantastic footballers, but you're never going to put them up against a Sinead Ahern or a Darren mm. Sullivan, you know, a Kira Trant. Mm. You know, they're, obviously they're not going to be as good as them, but they're very good for their own specific grade. Um, I don't know why the LGFA still haven't brought that in or still kind of have a free for all when it comes to because when we look at fantastic senior players that haven't made. The nominations for the all stars. How are the best players from the juniors or the intermediates going to get the, a nod as well?
2: Yeah, like and again, I suppose the team of the league. You know, they do get some kind of recognition, mm. but I just think they should even have you know an up and coming awards or something, and it doesn't have to be a big night. The Camogie have You know, has. it could be yeah something. I think the Camogie have nailed yes, that. you know, and I definitely. It. Yeah. and I definitely think the LGFA should you know, take note in some way. You know, there are incredible players who play junior football and intermediate football, and if you slotted them into a Dublin team, they perform as well. But I just think overall, the, the standard and the pace of each division, you see it in the Crow Park All-Ireland Finals day. Like, it's just the three matches. You can't even compare yeah. the standard and pace of football. So I feel like, you know, you can't put players in that same category for all-star nominations because it's just a completely different level Um, and not taken away from any of those girls you know like Neve was is a fantastic player and she's performed consistently for Jordan's time at college for Tyrone for a number of years but you know I'd ask myself the question you see next year now when Tyrone go up to senior will Neve be able to put in those consistent performances at that level and will she be in the run for an all-star you know I I don't know I just think some alternative has to to, um, be thought up
3: I'd love to see a, an intermediate uh, all-star team purely for interest because it's basically then a hit list. Like, you know, as a predominantly a, a fan and a supporter of football, there's only so much, so many matches you can make it to and there's only so matches that you see on TV. Yeah. So just kind of even in terms of awareness, because if you drill down into the very, very core of what Gaelic Games is about, it's wanting people to support their county back their county and that's the kind of cultural change we're trying to bring about where if you follow the male men then you will follow the male women and apply that to every county around the country the more you put players out there for all of the counties and not just the big five yes the better the better it is for the game
1: yeah totally agree with you there right, we're going to move on to the players player of the year girls and we'll start with junior we have from the all- Limerick. We have Rebecca Daly and Cathy Mee. and then from Louth, who are beaten in that final, Kate Flood.
3: It's one hundred percent Rebecca Daly for me. Um, just absolutely the shift she put in Limerick on that. Like they 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 won it well, but I I definitely think Rebecca Daly is going to win. Um, is going to win uh, the, the Junior Players Player of the Year and deservedly so. She she would a terrific season
2: with. With Limerick and the shift she put in at centre court on that day, very um, very deserved winner. Nadine. Uh, yeah, yeah, I go with Elaine on that one. You know, she's young, up and coming talent. She's a dual player also, um, and you know Limerick were fantastic um, in that final, and they they won really comfortably. And you know, at 11 she was probably um, at the centre of everything they did on that day, and I'd imagine she fulfilled the same role throughout the year. So for that, I'd imagine she'd get Junior Player of the Year.
1: Right. Well, intermediate, a bit like the junior, we have two from the All-Ireland Champions, Tyrone. We have Neve Woods and Gemma Begley. And Gemma was a guest la- the last time on a podcast. And then we have Meath, Niamh O'Sullivan. Um,
2: yeah, you know, interestingly, looking at the two Tyrone nominations, um, with girls who are around a long time, Gemma and Neve, and um, they would be stalwarts of that team. Um, and Neve Sullivan did have a fantastic year for me, and she's she's actually been consistent for me for a long time as well. And um, but I think Neve will get it. Um, she's up for an All Star. Uh, she's the captain of the team. She got to hear the final. Um, you know, we've talked yeah. already about her, and um, I think she'll pick that up. That's that's no, uh, that won't be any surprise. She'll she'll get that nod.
1: Are you going with Nadine Neve would, yeah. And then we move on to the seniors from Dublin. We have Sinead O'Hearn, Lindsay Davey, and then we have Ciara O'Sullivan from Cork. And I think we've already spoke about um, the player that is Sinead O'Hearn. I think the three of us all agree that she should yeah. she should get it, she will get it, and she totally deserves to get it. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Right, well, now we have the serious stuff out of the way. We can settle down and have a chat with Julie, and We're not going to grill you. Right, and it's amazing to think that we're in the year 2018 and we're still talking about and trying to get gender equality in sport.
3: Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's something that I'm certainly very, very passionate about. Um, I, I, we're, we're a very, very long way away from achieving any sort of parity. Um, I'll give you a good example, Marie Crow. Um, a colleague of mine in Northeast sports, she, right on,
1: yeah.
3: she 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 compiled a piece this week where she she contacted about ten athletes from different sports and asked them three simple questions about equality in their particular yeah. field, and the the answers that came back were so wide ranging. It's definitely worth a read um to look it up. Athletics seemed to be the only one that had yeah, any Karen sort of semblance that, of.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
3: Kieran McGee and and Gina Aston Moses kind of both said that they they were very happy. Mm. But Ciara did also acknowledge that, you know, she comes from a commode background and she'd be a keen follower of many other sports. Um, that There's just such a long way to go. Mm. Yeah,
1: and we're hoping now with the 2020, but as you said about getting players out there from the smaller counties, like I know in Longford, um, I work in the local media, and we try to cover as much as we can with the ladies, but it's getting players like Michelle Farrell, Aoife Darcy, Leanne Keegan, those players out there and getting them, making them household names. And, you know, as you said about the league games, and that's what we should be doing is maybe trying to focus on the early stages of the league and getting people to notice that there actually are some very good games. Your county's playing. This player is going to be on show.
3: Yeah, I think I think anyone who is looking for a result from the 20 by 20 campaign now is looking at it completely wrong because this what what 20 by 20 is trying to do is affect a cultural change and that takes time and it takes effort and really the onus is on parents, teachers, coaches, sponsors, journalists, administrators, everyone has a role to play in it and that's the only way that it's going to work. Um yeah. And a, a very big part of that, we can talk about media coverage and sponsorship till the cows come home, but not enough women support the sports that they play at Agreed a league level. completely. agree mm. completely.
1: But I think, though, um, I noticed for myself that a lot of league games are clashing when the men are playing.
3: Um
1: so go support the women.
3: Yeah, but that's, like you, that, that, that's my answer to that but if it, you're
1: working if you're working or if you're going because I'd love to go and support the women but I'm working at it's very hard to try and get that if you have a big game where your brother is playing you want to go and support him or your boyfriend or whatever and the ladies are also playing in the league I think counties themselves have to have to see about promoting their game and having the times or or sorting out fixtures to kind of t- to yeah and it's
2: yeah, I but, agree, Denise, as well. And I know from my own experience, you know, coaching a county team, um, like we wouldn't have, we didn't really have a, a consistent home venue for our matches. This is w- with Westmead. You probably wouldn't know till that Thursday if you'd be in Kinnegad or if you'd be in Mullingar. And I think for supporters and, you know, people who would be on the fence about going, like if they knew every Sunday the Westmead ladies would be in, let's say, Mullingar or yeah. the Donegal ladies would be in Buffet or... If there's a consistent venue, it might entice people to go. But I do agree with Elaine 100%. Like, you know, as female athletes, and even females in general, um, just for some reason, whether it's the entertainment factor of men's sports that that they choose other, or they just don't go, um, you know, it's very hard to pinpoint the reasons. But I think that has to change, as Elaine said, because with the 2020, there's definitely people like ourselves on board, you know. The people who you see promoting it now are people who, I suppose, we don't need to get on board. It's those people who really aren't on board. And that's where I wonder, you know, Elaine, it was a question for you. Like, do you know, like, what strategic plans 2020 have going forward? Because you've already mentioned, like, it's not about the media. It's not about all that. Are there strategic plans going forward um, to enact this cultural change? There's all sorts of campaign plans. Laid that are going to kind of be strategically laid yeah,
3: yeah. as, as it goes along. And like, Great. The, la- the launch was the launch, but you know, all the different NGBs signed up to this initiative and they have all selected something that they are going to target. So making that commitment is the first step, but it's, it's not going to be, it's not going to be instant. Oh yeah, so, absolutely. You know, you know there, there's all these different kind of strands at work and you know, I, I, the more people talk about it, the better that it is, you're even only, only, um, last night on primetime television on, on RTE, you had one of the best pieces for gender equality I've seen done in terms of sport when you had Chloe Morris of Claire Camogie and her cousin, cousin and yeah. um, Shadlin Morey, who there's 10 days between them and basically the two of them were in the same, ve- in the same feature, just talking about how they played hurling together as kids and then as they went their separate ways into their interview panels, the discrepancies that are there. And when you lay it out as simple as that for people, some, something clicks with them that, okay, something's not right here. And Chloe has been vocal about right. it, certainly last season, about the lack of access to Cusack Park for the, the Clare Camogie players. But when it reaches a new audience like that, all of a sudden people think about, you know, people they know themselves who, who play top level Camogie or football or whatever the sport may be, and maybe start to think, right, how can I actually, with my small input, affect a massive change overall with this and it sometimes it can be as simple as going to a game. Because yeah. when administrators are looking at where they're going to put on a game, if they see that where where whatever pitch that an inter-county fixture is on is no longer big enough to hold the crowd that are there. Yeah. If the sideline if the sidelines are full, if it's too deep and they think, okay, we need somewhere now that has standard, whatever it may be, that's when change is going to come.
1: Yeah, because we I were down they, in Clare yeah. as part of our um, sports talk, our four codes um, summer camps this year. And we had a uh, Carol O'Leary and Roisin Considine there. And what our aim was was to get those players out as well. Like we had Peter Duggan and uh, Tony Kelly. And it was great to have those guys, but they were known down there. And what we wanted to do as part of the camp was to to get the girls out there. And fair play to the Camogie Association, we were let down last minute and they gave us Father McNamara Park. But it's amazing to think about those girls not getting a chance to play in Cusack Park because I know myself, I wasn't a great footballer, but as a young girl, yeah, Crow Park, but I also was, you know, I went to play in Pierce Park. It's those things as a youngster and, you know, when a player puts on it puts on the county jersey and represents our county they should be treated exactly the same way as the other player it doesn't matter what sex they are male or female or what sport they're playing they should be treated the exact same
2: yeah i think a lot of it unfortunately though does come down to money Um, i suppose at a higher level um, in terms of sponsors and in terms of exposure it comes down to money and unfortunately at the minute men's sport makes more money and it's and I think money talks and I think it is talking at the minute so hopefully Do you find Stony you know, Dean
1: with the AIG deal sorry for interrupting you with Dublin the fact that it's you know right across the board
2: Absolutely but that that's is Dublin brilliant. isn't it Yeah you, you know, know and, isn't it and Dublin oh it's absolutely brilliant but the Dublin ladies let's say they've always been ahead in terms of sponsorship like I remember going back 15 years ago you're always like, oh, the, you know, the dubs, they always yeah. had it set up so there was money behind them. And that, the AIG, is unbelievable. And I know the Donegal ladies this year as well Um, with KC, I think their um, sponsors same as the men, there was a good bit of parity there. Maybe not the same budget, but it was very, very good. But that's only two counties you're talking yeah. about. And it, it it's money and it's making money. And I think that's a massive factor in all of this, unfortunately.
1: Elaine, we focus mainly on ladies football and camogie on this podcast, but we aim to promote um, women's sports and women in sport. How would you compare other sports? You know, we're looking at ladies football and camogie and the strides that they're making, you know, Lidl, uh, TG Cahar, um, Liberty Insurance, you know, those sponsors and, and having that out there in RT showing the camogie finals. How does that compare to other sports?
3: Um I think a, I think a common rule with, with women's sports, and it's, it's a sad state of affairs, but you have to achieve something big in order to get any sort of attention.
2: Yeah. And that,
3: that is applicable to, to pretty much every sport. Um, even think in recent, recent examples, Kelly Harrington getting to a World Championship final had guaranteed herself silver medal, could possibly win gold. Kelly would have been fighting at the national championships in the stadium back in February, and there was nobody there. So people will tune in when they achieve yeah. something extraordinary, and it has been a particularly, like, just sensational year for Irish sport. And even down to the, the breakdown of medals won at, 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 at international events, women are ahead of men for the first time in terms of the actual Irish medal tables at the end of the year, which is which is just crazy when you think about it. But um, it, it, think, even thinking back the last five years. All the attention that the Irish women's rugby team won, and all they had to do was win a grand slam. Yeah. But think think about that and think about the hysteria when the men won theirs in 2009. Like it's the the problem is that the support isn't there for the journey. Often it's only there for the destination. And coming right back
2: to. Well, I think we're, football, we as a
1: country are like that, though. You know, as band. We're webinars, not about the process.
2: Yeah. We're not about the process. Yeah. We're about the final. The yeah. well, <laughs> big hurrah.
3: Well, we are for men's sport. It's completely different because look how much talk and how much attention the men's national soccer team get. They haven't scored a goal in ten games. Like you know, it's 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 that kind of cultural shift that, that we need to break. Where there's actually so much joy in being part of the journey of following female athletes. Yeah, but deep. Elaine,
2: you could I suppose you could argue that our men's soccer team they have qualified for Euros, they qualified for World Cups, Like I think their turning point, well in my own memory was probably Italia 90, 90 yeah. and from then from then there's been like the massive, now I know there was interest before that but I think that put them on the map I think that would be fair to say, now I do agree with you, like this year it's been absolutely atrocious but they still themselves had to achieve something great um,
3: But Nadine, think about that when you, were, when you were a kid watching that what
2: were you watching on television? Oh, yeah, I don't agree with you. And I agree with you in terms of you have to do something big in women's sport. But I think the big things have been achieved by men's teams, let's say men's sports, a long not a long time ago, but it's only recently now, like the ladies' rugby, it's only in the last seven or eight years that that rugby team has really increased in terms of professionalism and so on that allowed them to achieve that and put themselves on the map. no more than the hockey you know, um and again it took them to get to a, a World Cup final, you know, to get any kind of The hockey
3: the hockey is the per, is the perfect example yes. because that hockey team getting to the World Cup final was not two weeks over in London. It was three years since they missed going to Rio by the width of a post. Oh yeah. Absolutely and it was everything that happened in those three years. And that's why, you know, I kinda of had quite a unique view of it because I I was over at the event for the group stages and I came home um back into work to find out that I was going to be producing the coverage of, of the knockout stages and it just went so far beyond our expectations and um, it was just extraordinary. But for me the emotion that was in that was not in what those girls were doing in London. It was where they had come from. It was the very, very dark place that they have come, had come from when they missed out on that Olympics in the cruelest of fashions and how they rebuilt themselves and became world beaters.
1: Elaine, you yeah. probably know a good friend of mine, Declan Hughes, because Declan has been there since day dot following the, the hockey girls and uh, his own beloved UCD. And it was people like you. But as you said, the bandwagon. Go back to the soccer and the whole thing. Stephanie Roach scored a cracking and goal and you know the irish got on this thing that yeah. all of a sudden you know we we try and get her into the Puskas and look at you know she very nearly won that and then all of a sudden it was like Ugh. um now obviously i well, would always keep an eye on and you know and every now and again you see bits of stephanie but um she comes down to longford her boyfriend plays for longford town
3: and very few people actually know who she is No, who
2: she is well she, this is down to what soccer what, match. what what I would
3: ask you there, and, and I've said this to, to Steph herself, imagine if I, if her coach Eileen hadn't been filming that goal. Yeah. And now now imagine how many of those moments that are these incredible moments of skill executed by women in every different sport are not captured. Like how many of those kind of things actually go unnoticed? Like that Stephanie you know, had this astronomical rise to fame and, and the nomination for the Prospect Award because her coach happened to be filming so for yeah. taking this strike on her phone. So, yeah. like, uh, the more people that go to games that can kind of see these moments of scale live, that's what hooks people in. People want to be entertained. And I, I think something something that I read from, um, from Alwyn Carey um, the other day really kind of hit home with me because I'd love to see if we come back to our, our matter at hand, which is which is football, I'd love to see the focus being taken off final day, Because as Alwyn said it, and I'm reading her quote here, even though,
1: 50,
3: even though 50,000 people come to the finals in September, it's the perception around the game that leads to a lack of attendance at games throughout the year, which leads to a lack of coverage and support, which leads to a higher dropout rate. But that is, that is a player who, you know, has played in front of 50,000 people a couple of months ago, but who notices that there's only friends and family yeah. at the earlier rounds of matches. And, and the, the, the simple fact is, people are missing out on the best games. P- perhaps not this year. I think the final was the game match, best game last year. But like last year, quarterfinal double, header down in Cusick yeah, County. Course, course, beat only Golf was the game of the year for me. Cork beating Mayo in the semi-final. That was a seismic shift in women's football, that result, Mayo beating Cork. And it went largely uncovered because people didn't understand the context of it.
1: Elaine, do you find, though, and there's this big thing about it has to be ladies' football, and then the men's is just football. You know, why should we have to call ourselves ladies' come to a game of football? You know, it doesn't have to be... um, a man's or a, or a lady's game. You know, we seem to put that emphasis on it's ladies' football. It's you know, a ladies' match, a ladies' soccer, or women's soccer, instead of say it's a soccer match. These are players.
3: Um, you probably noticed. I don't think I have said the 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 word ladies uh, throughout this whole podcast, and it was something that I decided to actively stop doing. When I'm talking when I'm talking about football, when I'm talking about any sport, I try to not mention the gender. If I have to, I use women's as opposed to ladies and let people figure out what I'm talking about based on the names that I use. And it's 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 that kind of like making a conscious decision like that. You kind of wean it out of yourself. And it's, it's I don't know, it's just something that I kind of decided to do a couple of months back. And it's just like flipping a switch and, and saying that, right, if I'm talking about Dublin football, I'll let whoever I'm talking with figure out that I'm not talking about Kieran Kopenny and Dean Rock yeah. by the fact that I'm naming women's names. Yeah.
1: But for ourselves as well, for the job that we're in, Elaine, at the start, I'm, I suppose you had much the same as, you know, I had, oh, you're a woman. And I'd be like, Jesus, I am, you know, that you're covering this. And, you know, Fair play to you. and I've often felt and my mum used to say to me only for she spelt my name with an extra E, you know, take the E, N-D off my name. And if I'd put down Dennis, would I have been treated differently? And, <laughs> you know, and that's how it started yeah. off it. Um, Elaine, when we go away from all that, um, sports, you know, obviously like myself and Nadine, mad about it. Um, have you played much sport, any favourite sport?
3: Um, I would have played gay uh, football and hockey, which have always been my two sports. They're not quite to uh, a level of my, my podcasting comrade here. Um, Nadine you also played,
2: played five-a-side soccer as well
3: sorry, I play a side soccer as well. And that's uh, <laughs> that's that, that's another string to my goal. But um you know played I up. very involved in my in my clubs that I played with but uh but not at, at a at a top level, at an elite level. Certainly never anywhere near uh a stone's throw of intercounty anyway. But You uh, won
2: you won a few Dublin junior championships though. Uh I won
3: one and I lost three finals. So um so, yeah, one medal out of four finals isn't oh, that. Oh, that's, be,
1: that's better than win, than losing the community <laughs> games final and then deciding to come back playing Gaelic from others and others. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, but sorry, um, I'm more experienced than the twoies, yeah. But al-
3: al- always loved it. And, you know, another big part of, of the 20 by 20 campaign is participation. And, like, I have always taken my sport seriously, regardless of the level that I play at, and have also... You know, participation doesn't mean on a pitch playing. It also means helping out in your club, volunteering yes. for committee roles, mm. which is a crucial, crucial part, um, a part of it as well. So, and I was delighted to see recently that the, that the GAA, um, are bringing a, a transition year program into schools, whereby there's different modules of the different ways you can be involved in your club. Right. So it's, it's it's not all about playing. And you know, they have the likes of say, like Julia White is is one of the ambassadors for it. Um, but you know, a focus on on you know writing math reports on nutrition on team management all these kind of different facets that people can be involved in and get the enjoyment yeah. of sport even if you know running around a pit isn't their thing and I either
2: that's, a, you. That's,
1: well, like that's what I've yeah, done because i absolutely brutal and um, when my brother kind of grew up and uh, he wasn't involved I was like god I want to get something give something back to my club and I got involved with our local minor club and that's four years four years ago and I absolutely love it and I remember having Philly down last year at a minor presentation and he was asking the young lads we don't have a ladies team in our club but he was asking the young lads do many of you um, like the minors you know coach the under 6s or under 8s and they were like no and he was like lads that's, that's how you get involved he says, that's how we give something back in Ballymoon and that's what you said about getting youngsters involved like they might want mm. to play or they might want to get or they're too young to get a role and the executive with that but to give something back to your club by going out on, on a Sunday and giving a half an hour of your time or maybe, maybe have a row so that you know you go back in and, and, and give something back just because it, it is great it is worthwhile sometimes you want to go oh gosh but it is worthwhile and I know that yourself Elaine yeah, you're involved in local clubs doesn't it give you just something back
3: it's like I I'm actually not playing hockey this year I just couldn't commit to it properly with, with work but I'm very involved in the um I kind of I'm the communi- communications manager for the club so I'm still very involved in that way I haven't lost the network of people that you know that I'm still very involved in a team um, I'm still in touch with all my my friends that I that I would have played hockey with and I'm constantly attending matches so it's it's just a really good way of of staying involved when maybe kind of work and injuries like in my case have, have gotten in the way and impeded the actual playing um, and I just I always encourage people especially the younger players in the club as well to get involved because it looks bloody good in the TV as well that's another yeah,
2: yeah kind of absolutely thing. and it's it's friends for life as well I mean I think anybody who plays sport um, the friends they keep for life um, are those they meet through sports um, and just we were talking earlier about like young people coaching um, in Athena we have a group our senior players they're very young actually and um, they'd all be late teens early 20s and there's a group of three or four of them Um, Jane Daly's one girl she's only about 20 and she takes our um, under 16s and has been doing so for the last number of years and she's just brilliant and a lot of those kids have come through And it's probably because of Jane and Kira Purdy and other young girls in the club who they see, you know, played under 16, played minor. They're now back coaching and they're playing senior. And they're essentially bringing kids through and ensuring those participation numbers um, stay what they are and increase. And it's brilliant. And the thing about it is you know yourself how to get
1: people to train teams and manage teams and oh yeah. the parents isn't it great for them that you have something like this and please god like in a couple of years time you know you could see them on the sideline of, of your senior team if they if they manage to give you know to give up you, you could sit back and relax from the stands nadine, yeah, yeah yeah and and watch them all um elaine would you ever go into coaching like or have you done coaching like nadine
3: to be honest, I don't think I'd be uh I'd be uh in any way qualified for it. I just don't think my, my playing experience would be um, that's not the direction for me to go in. Um but I've I've kind of an interest in, I suppose, the more um management side of hockey as in kind of, you know, being involved mm-hmm. in the backroom team but not necessarily doing the coaching. And I suppose you could learn a lot from doing that, but at the moment it wouldn't be a direction that I'd be looking to go in. But um so, yeah, not not at the moment
1: listen elaine thank you
3: so much for coming on the show thank you thank you, thank you for having me I, I I really enjoyed it and I really enjoy listening to it. great contributors that have been on over the last uh, the last couple of weeks this season so um yeah really enjoyed listening to it
0: out gem candy carts chocolate fountains selfie mirrors we've got all your party needs covered at gem events.ie health and we put you back in control of your health fitness nutritional and well-being needs through education advice and motivation check out health and looking to dance the night away check out the the perfect sound for your next wedding party or function great set lists lively and sure crowd pleasers the